Yeah, God's uh, been taking me on a journey and he's laid something on my heart. And I'd love to share that with you today. But if, if I'm totally honest, it's like a, it's a bit of a mun, muddled up, confused writing here and the same inside my head. So uh, we'll be going uh, through the wonderful topic of sin today. Uh, everyone can cheer at that. What a wonderful subject to go in. But you know what? Um, these songs that we've been singing, these worship songs to God, they are they're building me up for what we've got to receive in Jesus Christ. So even though we'll start talking about the topic of sin, we're, we're more searching for what God has done, the wonderful things that he has done. Uh, for us as his people and for those that uh, have yet to give their lives to him. So we're going to be looking at sin, uh, the covenants or agreements or promises that he's made about us and for us, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, which we've been, we've been singing about, um, and then just a little thing, how to stop sinning. So, um, yeah, I want to uh, start, start off by uh, giving a title to this whole thing. Um, as, as we look online, we see we uh, want to download or have a look at uh, the sermons that have gone by. Um, you can see that uh, you have to give something a title. And I, as I was trying to look at a title for this uh, for this sermon, um, I was seeing that maybe something profound is needed or something very, very wise to kind of encapsulate what I'm trying to say. But I've come up with something that's not wise or doesn't really encapsulate anything. It's sin is rubbish. Sin is rubbish. And uh, I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, we'll see this. Now, this is a disgusting sight. Uh, this here is uh, our rubbish bin. And uh, our, our rubbish bin that's been ripped apart from the local seagulls. Uh, and out of the side, you can see there's a lovely carcass, chicken carcass there. And this is actually a nappy bag um, just dangling out. So I don't know if you've ever been past rip part, ripped up beans, uh, bin bags before. But uh, you'll, you'll, you'll probably start judging the people that own them and all these kind of things. But this, this, is, this is the beginning of what I want to sort of share with you about uh, my journey with sin. Um, so I got a, a text message with, this is the picture, first of all, from my wonderful dear wife. And, uh, and underneath it was, uh, this is why we need to put blankets over bin liners, Mr. Murphy. So, so uh, me, me being uh, uh, you know, a person that can take that kind of criticism so easily, uh, just responded in, in, a, in a lovely way, of course. But actually, that's not true. In my heart, I was going, how dare you? How dare you, after I've took those stinking bins out, how dare you criticize the fact that I haven't put uh, a bin... Anyway, these thoughts are going on, and I'm like, right, okay, let's look at some of the stuff you've done, or you haven't done. <laughs> In fact, I think I might jump in my van and come and tell you face-to-face uh, what we're going to do about this bin bag. But anyway, the long and short of it is, quickly afterwards, I received a, a nice text message to say, sorry, uh, that was a little bit rude, let me explain, and, and everything else. And actually, I didn't end up responding uh, in a way that I could have done. But you know what? That would have put me into a place of definite sin time gone by. Um, I would have wanted to make my will known, you know. I would have had a desire to express myself, uh, and that would have ended in sin. Um, so, that, so what I'm going to do is look at a, um, a scripture that has challenged me big time. So it's Hebrews 10, 
verses 26 to 29. And let's see if we can get this uh, opened up and started. So Hebrews is right at the back, um, just before 1 Peter. So that's Hebrews 10, verse 26 to 29. Dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, There is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. There is only a terrible expectation of God's judgment and the raging fire that will consume his enemies. For anyone who refused to obey the law of Moses was put to death without mercy uh, on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Just think how much worse the punishment will be for those who have trampled on the Son of God and have treated the blood of the covenant which made us holy as if it were common and unholy and have insulted and disdained the Holy Spirit who brings God's mercy to us. So really strong and powerful words that convicted me and challenged me about the sin that was going on within my marriage. Uh, and you, you know, I don't know how you guys uh, um, get on with your relationships, but for me, I found that most of the sin goes on behind hidden doors uh, within uh, a marriage, and, uh, um, and and this really challenged me. It just it upset me and it broke me, and it began me on this journey. Uh, so to tell you a little bit about um, this journey, I've got I've got to start off by giving you an idea of what the Bible says sin is. Um, so there might be lots of different people in here. They might be saying, oh, sin, that's a thing that I've, I've powered over and I've won. I've won the battle with sin. Or, do you know what, I've, I've lost. I'm, I'm a, a lost with sin. I cannot beat it. Or, or you could be a person that just says, oh, it's like sin. Well, you know, what is it? That's not a real thing. That's back in the Bible they talked about sin. Or is it something, you know, like where you're on a, a, a carb diet and you just grab a donut And that's sin. So for different people, I don't know where you're at at the moment, but sin might be a different thing for you. And, uh, you know, for those that have won the battle against sin, well, well done. Let's talk afterwards. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so um, what I I want to do is start off by um, uh, defining what I think sin is, and then we'll look at what the dictionary says that sin is. So I think that sin is a, a behavior that works against the character and will of God. So that's just a basic understanding of how I see it. Uh, the dictionary says to, uh, to commit an immoral act considered to be a transgression against the divine law. So the divine law would be God's um, word uh, that, uh, where he, he put it out in the Ten Commandments. That, that would be considered a, a sin to break that law. So I'm going to go into a little bit more uh, about sin so we can get a background on it. Um, and uh, we'll start off with uh, Romans 6, verse 12. If you'd like to turn to that, please. So Romans is just after the Gospels. So it says, When Adam's sin, sin entered the world, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So that's how we see that uh, sin entered to the world. It was through a person like me and you and, uh, that, um, that was tempted by Satan. Now, I don't know where you're at with Satan at the moment, but Satan is a real person. And he is, if you, to, to make it a bit easier to understand, sin 
and evil are in the same bed together. They're, they're the same basic thing. And the devil uh, and sin, the sin that we commit, and the world, they are all sort of from the same fabric. Uh, they come from the same fabric. So, so what happened at the beginning, we know the story of Adam and Eve, is that uh, uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned against God by taking the advice of Satan, who had already taken his free will and come apart from God and was functioning on his own, under his own authority. So when we were tempted by Satan, we actually gave our authority over to Satan, who is sin, he is darkness. They're out of the same fabric. And uh, when we gave our authority over to him, that authority was the authority over the world. Because God said, I created you in my own image. And he says, I will give you authority over the things of the world. So with the animals, the fish, we were guardians, we were custodial over them. Uh, so where we, where we came from was by one free will decision. God gave us free will because he loves us and he wants us to be able to function with that free will. We took the things that God had given us, decided we didn't want to obey him, and we gave our authority to, to the devil, which is Satan. Right, And ever since then, the fall came. So, so sin entered the world and every person that's been born um, out of the, uh, from the beginning of Adam and Eve, uh, they have sin within them. They, they're born sinful. Uh, uh, so, so moving on from there, this is, this is not an easy topic. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing it. There's, there's hundreds of uh, scriptures that there's no way there's time for. But I'm just trying to give you a, an outline. So... So what happened is we responded to Satan's authority and we started to ignore God. And that is when a curse came upon the, the world. And there's a curse of what we're dealing with right now. And, uh, and the sin is still active and alive in us. The sinful nature is still there in present in every single one of us. Um, so sin was to reject God's life and his authority over us. So we became independent of God. God was over here. Life was over here. Creation was over here. And we are over here under the authority of Satan. So, um, with just to finish off, one, uh, the, uh, this, this, this section on sin is there's a consequence to this sin. And the consequence is death. So where you see all around you, all, all hu- uh, humanity dies. And uh, this is because of the consequence of sin. If we look at God being life here, and we look at Satan here that's, that's taking the authority or taking us away from life, well, the consequence is death. So a body that finishes, uh, and that's the end. No, there is no life. It's been like being taken away from the source of electric. If you need electric to, to work, source of love, source of peace, all of those things. There was a disconnection there. So there's, there's another thing that's sin. So I hope you're getting the idea now that sin is a terrible, terrible thing. And you know what? Jesus understands that this sin. He's the one that spoke this world and everything that we see created into reality. And he's not unaware of sin. One of the things that I noticed um, in, the, in the Gospels is how I actually, I actually kind of, myself, 
I react to sin a lot worse than Jesus ever did. He was so graceful. It was, he had a deep understanding of, of the problems that humanity has with sin. And if, if you look at him, he, was, he, he never rebuked uh, in a way um, people and sinners came to him by the droves. He wasn't rebuking them about their sin all the time. He was advising them, saying, as he did with the Ten Commandments. It, it was, this is the way, if you want to live in life, live in this, in this way. Um, st- stop sinning. So, because of his awareness, um, he had to put some agreements in, or he, he moved to put some agreements in uh, between man, the sinner, and God. So, first of all, he made a covenant, covenant which was a, is a, an agreement. It's an agreement between man and God. And the, the covenant was, if you, if you listen uh, and obey my, my laws, my, my commandments, uh, and you follow those, um, then you will not have to pay the punishment for sin. Uh, you're not going to go under the consequence of, of, of death. Uh, you'll die in the flesh, but your spirit will live on forever. All you have to do is keep the Ten Commandments. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that's quite a difficult thing to do. In fact, it's impossible. It's only Jesus Christ that ever achieved that. So in, that, in this covenant, which was a great covenant, he says to his people, if you follow me and follow my commandments, my laws, uh, and then when you sin, you take a, a, a sacrifice, so some kind of blood offering, uh, which was an animal. Uh, so that was a kind of a, a payment for your sin, the things that you did wrong. So you try your best to follow the commandments, but when you get them wrong, as we very often do, then you, you sacrifice at a specific time. You sacrifice uh, an animal, and that is like, it's, it's not a complete payment, but what it's like is a, a credit card payment. It's... Um, a payment ready for the real thing that's going to be paid off. So we see that with a, uh, the Passover lamb. I don't know if you know the story of that, but where they, they take the best lamb and they, they painted it, God's people painted it over the, the door frame, and then uh, the spirit of death came past, and it kept them safe. It kept them safe from the spirit of death, and none of their, their young children were, were hurt. And that was the old covenant, uh, the problem was that that covenant didn't work because it, it had humans involved in it. We just kept getting, getting it wrong, forgetting it, going off and just doing our own thing, following our selfish uh, desires. And, and for some reason it got lost. But God still had a plan. He still had an understanding. He still had this deep love and concern for us. You remember, you've got to think that when he created us, he created us. In love, we were always created in love. And we always had this wonderful um, purpose for our life, which is to, to, to do good in Christ Jesus, in relationship with Christ Jesus. And he desperately loves that. He's desperately wanting that for each and every single one of us. So I hope that's given you a little bit of an understanding of sin. If, if you're one of these people that think, well, you know, sin is other stuff that they're doing. Um, actually, there's a sinful nature in every single one of us, and it might be that you haven't sinned for a long time, and that's wonderful. But you know what? God has made this new covenant for us now, 
And that's what I want to talk about. This is the exciting bit. Because you know what? The truth of the matter is, is that we all struggle with sin. Each and every one of us is struggling with sin at some point in their life. And through this covenant, I want to see that you to see that we have weapons uh, to fight back. And we have a wonderful God that really loves us. And we've got his son that has done everything that you can imagine to cover us and, uh, and, and go before us. So it's, uh, I'm going to quickly go through four scriptures so that I can just lay down a bit of scriptural truth. And then I'm going to try and put the, the new covenant, in, covenant into a world, uh, into a new kind of format that you can grasp, something that you can get hold of. Um, So we're going to start with Luke 20, verse 22. So that's the third gospel, Luke. Um, So Luke 20, 22. Okay, so it looks like I've picked out the wrong scripture. So what I'll have to do is paraphrase it. This is, this is to do with communion, uh, the scripture. And uh, it's, a, it's a blood covenant uh, that God made with us. And uh, it's where he was at the Last Supper. And he, he, says, he says, you know, uh, uh, that, uh, um, that as you take of, uh, take of the, the wine, that this is my blood. And if you take of the bread, this is my body that was broken for you. Um, so what I want to take from this scripture, um, if I've paraphrased it correctly, is that this new covenant, covenant is centralized by the blood and the broken body of Jesus Christ. So next scripture is Hebrews 7.22. In fact, the next three scriptures are from Hebrews. Because of this oath, Jesus is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. So what we see here is Jesus is giving us a better covenant than the old covenant. And he is the one that guarantees it. So if we see that we're in sin and that we haven't got an ability to pay for that sin, the wages of that sin is death. What we see in this good, good God of ours is that he's given his only son that he's actually going to guarantee our place in heaven and guarantee our relationship with God. He stands in the way. So you've got this situation where you're in a desperate desperate place. You don't know how you're going to get out of it. And God goes, this is how we do it. I give you Jesus. And he is the one that guarantees that me and you are going to be all right. So you and the Heavenly Father. Uh, So the next scripture is Hebrews 8. And uh, it's uh, 6 to 10. So these are just to kind of give you an outline of what this new covenant is about. So, uh, But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant uh, 
with God based on better promises. It's the first covenant. If the first covenant had been faultless, there would have been no need for a second covenant to replace it. But when God found fault with the people, he said, the day is coming, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors. When I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt, they did not remain faithful to my covenant. So I turned my back on them, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. So you see Jesus there, he's the one that mediates. The Father God has given him the instructions and he has come to mediate. He's the one that says, if, if you've got a problem with this person, you come to me and we sort it out. So he's guaranteeing, he's a mediator. Um, so let's look uh, at a little, another part of the covenant. So there's Hebrews 9, 15. And that's just a little bit further on. So That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that they, all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of the sin that they had committed under the first covenant. So we look at the first covenant where we fell short. We were trying to do the right thing uh, uh, with our power. We were trying by our might to keep these, these uh, laws, these rules, and we failed. But those laws were there just to show us that we needed Jesus Christ, show us that we needed to come into a, a deeper, closer relationship with Jesus. And then we see this wonderful new covenant. It's just, it's just phenomenal. It, it's, uh, it's, it's, this, this covenant is too, it's one of those too good to be true covenants where we've, we've, we're in a position where we haven't got anything to pay. And we're going to God and, and kind of saying, look, I've got nothing. You know, what, is it okay if I, I borrow a million pounds? Or, you know, is it okay if you forgive me of my, uh, my sins? Is it okay if you say goodbye to my, my death? And what he said is, I want you to look closely at my covenant that I've given you now, which is Jesus. Jesus is our new covenant. He's our guarantor. He's our mediator. He's, a, he's the one that intercedes for us. He is everything. You know what? God couldn't make a covenant with us. It didn't work. So what did he do? He made a covenant with his son. He sent his son to to pay for our sins. So where we were falling short, Jesus came into the place. So, So now by faith, we can receive that. We can receive this new covenant that he's given us. So... Where I see it is the, and, 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 and how I look back at my life is, is almost where I used to be was, it's almost like a sin city, um, where there was just darkness reigning. And, uh, you, a lot of you know my story, but I was held captive by alcoholism and drug addiction. And you know what? I was incapable 
of getting out of that situation. I was potless. I was penniless. I had nothing to do. I couldn't move. I felt completely contained by this alcoholism. And it, it, was, it was a place of total darkness that what made me feel the hopelessness that was ready to die, to end my own life. Uh, the depression had got too deep. And then I felt uh, these hands reaching down to me because I called out in faith. Jesus had come in, my mediator, my guarantor. He says, you know all those things, all those sins that you've committed. Well, I've already paid for those on the, on the cross. My blood has already been shed for your sins. So come with me. And as I held his hands and put my trust in him, I let go of my old life. I repented of the old things that I'd done. And I said, sorry, I'm never going back there anymore. And I turned my back on them and I held my hands out to Jesus Christ. And he took me. It was like on, on a, the most fantastic holiday that you can ever imagine where you stop off in duty-free and, you know, I'm already blown away that I can feel that the sin has dropped off me, that punishment for that sin. And then he's explaining to me, you know what? You're righteous now, not because of what you did, but because of what I've done. You know what? You can have peace. There, peace, pick it up. Joy, love. You've always wanted love. Pick that up. But, you know, and I'm, I can't. It's not, I don't deserve it. It doesn't matter, I love you. Pick these things up, you know? And other things might be there as well. You know, you can now, or Jesus says, you can, you can do the things that I do and more. Uh, so he says, you can now heal others. You can bring my light to others. You can bring the truth of Jesus Christ to other people. I'll give you the power to be able to do it. So you can imagine the swirly, amazing, that, euphoria that comes upon a person who accepts Jesus Christ and is born again. And, you know, as I doubted and I asked the questions of the Lord, he always had a kind answer to me and he always replied, out of this new covenant, which says, I have paid for all the things that you have done. I've paid for your sins. I've paid your price for your death. Where you should have died, I died in your place. So we see this beautiful new covenant. And I, I, I pray that you, you would really read into the scriptures about the new covenant and, uh, and just set it in your heart. But what I want to um, finish up with is, is, is talking about a weapon uh, that we can use uh, a really powerful weapon. Because we've heard of, uh, in Ephesians, we hear of the armor of God. But this is something that you might not have come across before. And this weapon is to, uh, to help us. And as I said, it's, it's, I'm, I'm right in the middle of this journey at the moment myself. So I'm starting to see the benefits and I'm starting to see that I'm overcoming some areas of sin that have been plaguing me and keeping me down, uh, for, for time. But, uh, yeah. It's something new, and it, it's, uh, it comes from a teaching from um, uh, Derek Prince, actually, but I love it so much, I want to share it and take you through it. So, Revelations twelve eleven, And uh, this, is, uh, this is Jesus telling us how to um, overcome the devil. But, as we explained earlier, the devil, the world that he is under authority of, and sin, they're made out of the same fabric, 
They're the same things. They all lead to death. There's no future in those things. And Jesus, um, our champion, is the one that set us free from that with his new promise and his new covenant with us. So here we go. So it says, And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by the testimony, by their testimony. And they did not love their life so much as they would be afraid to die. So I've heard this, this scripture time and time again, but until I got this new teaching, I didn't really understand the massive power that's uh, within these words. And it is tied up with our new covenant, the blood. Right through this worship, we're talking about the blood of Christ and what it's done for us. But I want to see if I can give you some, uh, some scriptures now and some declarations that you can give a testimony, which is a spoken words that will overcome the sin in your life and the devil and his kingdom that will set you on a good journey of uh, grasping hold of the covenant that, that our kind Lord Jesus has, uh, has given us. Um, so the first uh, scripture, because I, I want to keep this uh, uh, true to scripture, so Ephesians 1, uh, verse 7. should be able to find this Ephesians page, shouldn't I? (laughs) He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. That is so powerful. So we're, we're now seeing that we are forgiven our sins because of the blood of Jesus Christ, not because you have done good works, not because you've done something other than accepting Jesus Christ in faith. It was his blood. And and what we see in Revelations is by declaring that, by declaring that out and speaking that truth out, it becomes a reality to us. So we we can say the precious blood of Jesus Christ has forgiven my sins, means that my sins are forgiven and that I am redeemed out of the clutches of sin The precious blood of Jesus Christ means that I am no longer captive to the devil. I'm no longer under the authority of his world. And I'm no longer alive to sin. I am dead to sin. So proclaiming that truth over our lives gives it real power. So our second uh, scripture is uh, uh, 1 John 1, 7. I know there's a lot of scriptures, but bear with me. I think it's worth it. Okay, so, but if we are living in the light, and I'll repeat that, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So do you see there's a prerequisite to that? Is that if you're, when you're living in the light, so this is weapons that I'm giving you to, to combat sin, uh, or that the Lord has given us, is as we walk in the light, as we follow the Spirit of God, as we've turned our back on sin, and we're looking towards the light, that he cleanses us from all sin. So it's Jesus' blood that does it again. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from sin. So our next scriptures, Hebrews 13, back in Hebrews 13, 12. 
And uh, this is all showing the power of Jesus' blood and that, that uh, wonderful covenant that he's, that he's given us. So also Jesus suffered and died outside the city gates to make his people holy by the means of his own blood. So grasp hold of that. What, what, what Jesus' blood has done has made us holy. Now when you think of holy, you think about God himself. So like, as we're in that covenant and we are um, following the Spirit of God and we're full of the Spirit of God, that we're actually holy people like God. Holy. That is amazing. What an amazing thing. I finished it uh, by looking at Romans uh, 5 verse 9. And since we have been made right in God's sight by his blood, by the blood of Jesus Christ, he will serve, certainly save us from God's condemnation. So, he's made us righteous through the blood of Christ. So we can proclaim that over our lives. That the blood of Christ makes me righteous. So what we'll see is this, in this new covenant is this amazing thing. Uh, this covenant that he's, he's, he's made, made for us it was made in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we are weapons against sin and darkness. And Satan himself is all within that covenant. That he's brought us out into this wonderful, this wonderful new life. Uh, this eternal promise over ourselves. That we, would, that we would be living in love and joy and peace. And that we would be able to turn our backs uh, on the old. Uh, and those things that are holding us back. You know that there could be someone here today that's actually made peace with sin and sort of said, this is going on for so long that, you know what, I just, I'm just going to allow this to happen and uh, I'm just going to pretend it's not there anymore. Well, you know, you don't need to do that. You, in your new covenant, you are free. That sin is actually dead. You can walk away from it today. And... Um, you, as I kind of tie, tie this, this word up, I want, to, I want to challenge us all. I want to challenge something that's been nagging at me right through this, this whole journey that God's been taking me on. And that is that we're saved by faith, by faith in Jesus Christ and the things that he's done for us. And we re- receive all of this new covenant by turning our back on our sin we no longer then are held captive by the things that bring disillusion and hopelessness. We're brought into this new creation that God has for us, a new relationship that, that God has. But I ask you all today, even every single one of you, are you in fresh repentance today? Are you in a place where you're saying, you know what, this moment right now, I've turned my back on my old life. This second, if God comes this moment, I've turned my back on my old life and I'm relying only on the blood of Jesus Christ to sanctify and make me righteous in order to be made right with the Father God. 
And that's the challenge that I bring, whether you're a Christian or you're a non-Christian. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your mediator, your guarantee to have that proper relationship? And as we felt that goodness and that wonderful feeling uh, that Jesus um, brought with his spirit, as we were singing earlier, this is the, the life that he wants to, for us. This is the life he's calling us to. And, you know, for some of you, it's going to be maybe a first time that you want to, 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 to take this step. And for others, you just want to get out of that captivity of sin. You've had enough of it. It's wearing you down. It's tiring you out. Well, God has got freedom. And I can stand and give you testimony to that freedom I was captive to those things, and now I am free. And not just free from those things that were killing me, I'm starting to get free from the other smaller things as I proclaim the truth of Jesus' blood uh, over my life. 